0: It's out of Psalms 119. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Catherine, this just made me so think of you. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. And it comes straight from his word. And I don't know how many times I've heard you say that. Look in the Bible. It's there. It's there. It's there. And look, it was there. (laughs) it's what it says so um i love the lord and i love his word because it does speak it does speak so well katherine Watsy's here and she's brought a couple of her gals with her from iowa illinois florida i don't know karen's from many places <laughs> but in a lot of yeah and a lot of y'all remember karen she was here with her what a couple of years two years ago Yeah, a couple of years ago. And Carol, and all I know is Carol. I don't even know your last name. Manziera. Manziera. Yeah. So we want to bless them. I'm so grateful that they came. So, Catherine, come and do what you're going to do. All right. (laughs) Good morning. morning.
1: (laughs) I'm real excited about today. They're going to put up a PowerPoint for me here just a second. Which one? Wait a minute, what? (laughs) Are you kidding? After all that this morning? Jeez, Lord. Okay, well, Lord, we just pray, if we're supposed to see the PowerPoint, then you make it work. work Oh, it's not recognizing that drive? That's the one I always use, yeah. I mean, I always hand them up there. there. Well, you got a new computer. Is it an Apple or is it a... Oh, because I... No, it's all right. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's okay because I know what I'm going to say anyway. I just like the pictures. (laughs) (laughs) The other reason I like PowerPoint because, well, he could probably turn it off turn it back on. You know... Just like Angie said, there is so much revelation in the word. Now, this is my word for traveling, because I, brought, I used to carry my Bible around, and I beat it up so bad that I had to get it fixed. It cost me $300 to fix it, because I refused to buy a new Bible. And so I don't take it out anymore, because, you know, it, it's not supposed to get beat up. So anyhow, I can look up the word on the tablet now, and that works really, really well. So anyway, the reason that I like pictures and I like PowerPoint is because sometimes I have so much going on in different places that I'm going, the PowerPoint just helps me stay on track. But not only that, when I get with the Lord and I look through it in the morning again or I build it, whatever I'm doing, God speaks to me before I speak to you. And the reason I like the images is because it just shows what God is doing. So it's all right if we get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't. Because God is still God. And this morning, he really was speaking to me, so it doesn't matter. And actually, it was a very short PowerPoint today, which is really interesting. So I want to pray just for a second here. Lord, I thank you for bringing me to Skyatook and this whole region. Again, Bartlesville, Lawton, and all the surrounding represented cities, as Angie said. We thank you for the winds of the spirit that are blowing and I just thank you for the four corner angels that are releasing the winds even right now and even before I came before I came and you spoke to me it's about my winds coming and you release the wind here I always marvel how you just do what you want Lord how you confirm your own word. You're not confirming me, Lord. You're confirming your word. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you for the winds of the spirit today. And the different ways that your winds move in the earth. How your spirit moves in the earth. And I asked even this morning that your winds, your spirit will move in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um. Well, the way I'm going to start is we know that this is a Passover decade, and that's what Chuck Pierce is prophesying to us. And so I've been teaching about how Israel has come out, had come out of Egypt, because I want to say to you, it looks like our nation is going into captivity, but I want to tell you that is exactly the opposite of what the Lord is doing. Please do not look, and I'm going to say this over and over and over everywhere I go. Don't look at the natural, okay? Because, yes, we're going to shake some. We need a little spanking. We need a little shaking. We need a little waking in the church. We have been too blessed, spoiled, and lazy in the United States of America. So that's the issue is we know we're in a Passover decade and if you look at what happened we just had Passover and Jesus is the Passover lamb he's the one that died I was telling my grandson I was telling them yesterday my grandson for the first time he's nine he lives with us and we homeschool him I homeschool him but right now my husband's gonna homeschool him this week while I'm gone and um, we talked about Jesus dying on the cross and We read some scriptures, and when I was explained to him how they beat him, and he suddenly realized, was there blood? You know, he's nine years old. He wants to know about blood. He's a little boy. And I said, yes, there was probably a lot of blood, uh, Zayden. And that was the intent, was that his blood would be shed. Even before he got to the cross, his blood was shed. And so I explained to him what happened to Jesus, how they beat him and whipped him and all those things. And his eyes just got so big. And he knows I have that movie, The Passion of the Christ. And that movie's an OK movie. I could barely watch the part where they beat Jesus. I can't watch it. And the other thing is I didn't like that they didn't make him resurrect at the end. I have to be honest. I didn't like that part. Even though they showed the enemy freaking out at the end and screaming, that was good. But I said, that's it? That's it? <laughs> that's all they did The show Jesus got beat up? And I was really mad about that at first. But my, my grandson wanted to watch that movie, and I told him, no, you're too little to watch that movie. And I said, I don't even think you're going to ever want to watch the fullness of that, because you're. we don't need to see that part of it. But he wanted to understand it. And... So I think it's really important that this season that God has been trying to show us those kind of things, what he really has done, but more than that, what, what he's done for us to move forward, and that's what I was telling my grandson. It is important that Jesus was uh, whipped and put on the cross, and yes, he hung on his hands and his feet, and yes, he, his lungs got filled up and all those kind of things, But the thing that's powerful is what it did for us and what it did for the earth and the universe, the whole universe, something shifted. And so, but we don't kind of act like that, do we? We don't act like something powerful happened. Something powerful happened at that Passover. Just like when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt when the the blood was put on the doorposts and the firstborns all died. A lot of people don't realize the fullness of what happened at that Passover because the firstborn was so strategic for the Egyptians and especially the males because that meant that their line was going to continue. And the fact that the Lord, not only did he bring the blood and save all his people, but he judged the firstborn of the Egyptians was saying that not only am I bringing you out, but they're not going to have the power for generations to come against you. And I am breaking the, all of their pride. That was Pharaoh's pride was his son. So Passover is really, really important. We know all that. Israel didn't fully realize. I think we don't fully realize. So anyhow, what happened next, we all know they left Egypt. And they packed up and they took off. And so we're, we're kind of packed up and we've taken off from Egypt now, okay? I want you to know, say, I'm packed up. I'm leaving Egypt. Because you, we need to get out of Egypt. Okay, We need to get our minds out of Egypt. We need to get our hearts out of the world. We need to get our ungodly ideas that we have, even about what church is supposed to look like, out. We need to get out. Now, this is, there's a word that I have, and I'm going to keep saying this all the whole time I'm down here, and I'm going to share probably Sunday night about something that happened when I was in Indiana. I'm going to wait for that. But one of the things that God has been saying to me and if you get to go to Exodus 3.8, I want to I wanna look at that. This is the word of the Lord for the year, is that I am come down, okay? This is the word of the Lord for this year, and actually, I believe for this decade. So when I was home getting ready to do some things with my team several years ago, I was in my office. And I might have even have shared this before. Um, We're going to go to Exodus 3 here, and I'm going to read this to you. I think it's 3.8 is the scripture. Oh, no, not. Okay, let's go here. Okay, 3. Now, Exodus 3 is the chapter that God told Moses everything he was going to do and everything that was going to happen, pretty much. He didn't tell him all the details. You know, the word always tells us what God is going to do exactly what's going to happen but without all the details the word has all the answers in it it tells us everything the book of revelation even says what's going to happen to the enemy we need to look at the word this way it tells us everything that God's about to do but we don't know the details that's what happened with Moses God gave him the nutshell I like to call it or the the outline of what he was going to do But one thing that's really awesome about the Lord is what he says here in verse 8. He said, and this is King James, And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, he'd already promised. He already promised Abraham that land. And we know the story. They went to Egypt because Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, and he was in Egypt. And, you know, at this time, God was actually shaking nations. You know, I, read, I always read through the Bible every year. I try to get through. Last year, I missed a couple chapters, I'll be honest, but not a whole lot. But I try to read through the Bible every year as well as wherever God tells me to read. And um, when I was reading it through, I noticed that I I had a different perspective of the beginning of the word all the way up to Abraham's time. And I was studying about Ham, Japheth, and, uh, you know... uh, all three of the sons of Noah, Shem. And one of the things that's really interesting is Japheth went on one way, Ham went on another, and uh, Shem went on another way. And who was it that walked in on his dad? And uh, It was Ham, yes. It was Ham that walked in on his dad. But Shem, I did some study, some biblical study about Shem. He lived about 600 years after the flood because he was of the other order, and his physical body had been fed food, and this is what I like to say about the flood, a lot of the food that they were eating before the flood kept them alive a lot longer, okay? That's why the Lord told them, you're going to eat animals for your meat now, because somehow the plants gave them meat. If you look it up in the world, you'll be surprised to find this out, There was something in the plants that was a meat to them that caused them to physically live longer. So Shem lived longer. But the thing that was powerful about Shem was that Shem was running around the earth saying, I saw the flood. What are you doing following those no gods again? And he was even around when Abraham was there. I bet you didn't know that. And so Shem was like a mighty prophet running around. Now, the Bible doesn't say all that, but historians historians, and documents that they found show that he was trying to wake up the people to say, what are you doing? And he would war with those people and those nations that would not follow God. Now, this is really interesting because what does that have to do with the Passover in Egypt and all that? Because You know, God's whole plan was always to show man, you don't need the no gods. You need me. Just come with me. Somehow we always get tangled up with these spirits. Somehow we always start going away very subtly with the world and the way the world goes with those spirits. And so Shem was running around telling everybody, watch out, because Who knows what God's going to do again? I saw the flood. He saw the devastation of people dying. Think about that. He lived longer than his father, and, and of course, uh, Japheth and Ham lived also. But the interesting thing was Shem was on fire. Now, Abraham came from Shem. His father, Terah, started following the no-gods, and Abraham came out. And we know the story. And God promised Abraham, if you follow me, I'm going to give you this land over here. He was trying to tell his people, I have a plan for you to have the land. And I just think it's interesting that the whole battle for planet Earth has always been a very simple concept. Don't follow the devil. Don't follow the no gods. Come with me. I made the place. You belong to me. Stop following the no gods. It's very simple. And remember, I told you I don't like to call them gods because they're not gods. So we call them no gods. My grandson's real good at that. So interestingly enough, then Joseph comes along. And it's really awesome because Joseph refused to compromise even when he was betrayed by his own brothers. But the thing about Joseph that's so powerful is this. He gets into Egypt. We know he saves Egypt, but he saves nations. Because not only was Shem running around warning the nations, but God was shaking nations back then. Why does God shake nations? To wake nations. But God's like, where are my people? Where are my people telling the nations about me? Where are my people giving examples about me? So Shem, you know, he was like a warrior. He was an Elijah of his time. That's what he was. So Abraham came through, and of course then we know Joseph later on down the road because of Jacob, was betrayed, put into Egypt, because God began shaking the nations in Joseph's time. And I want you just to see a little picture because this is really, really important. God decided to use Joseph in Egypt to get Egypt ready because he was going to shake nations several times, not just once. And so when Joseph was put in charge, we know the story. He was thrown in prison. He was betrayed. He became second in command in Egypt. Why? This is amazing to me how this all happens. Now, I don't believe Shem was there anymore. But the thing that's really powerful about this is that God began shaking the nations, but he loves the nations. And he used Joseph from interpreting a dream and a, basically a prophetic word. He gave a prophetic word. This is what is to come. And so Joseph saved the food and all the nations came to Joseph. When Joseph had those two dreams about all the wheat and his brothers bowing to him, that was God confirming those things before he ever got there. The other thing is he had a dream that the sun, moon, and the stars and the planets bowed to him. And that was that God was going to cause the enemies of God, the principalities and powers, to bow to God's dealings in the earth. You see, Joseph had authority over principalities and powers to save nations. That's why he had that dream. It wasn't just because he was ruler over Egypt. It was because God was going to shake the powers that be to get people to come back to him. That's what's always the shaking's about. That's why I'm bringing this up. So here we are now. Fast forward to Egypt. Joseph's gone. They forgot about him. And now God is saying, you're not going to stay here. You don't, you're, not, you're not supposed to get comfortable here. You've been here for 400 years, but I promised Abraham this land. And you know why God did that? It wasn't just that God wanted to promise Abraham land. God wanted to show the nations that if you come with me, I will deliver you, I will heal you, and I will bless you. You see, that's what's happening today. If we follow God, and if we as Christians demonstrate God. He's going to show the nations, the cities, the states, follow me because I have a promise for you. Now, the promise is first, Jesus Christ. I'll have to bring a different flash tomorrow and try it. Oh, Oh. okay. Well, if, if it's not, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. I've had a lot of warfare coming here, actually. I have. I've had a lot of warfare. We had warfare on the plane yesterday, which we got on the plane, and the the pilot right away said, the plane shook the whole way here from Chicago, and I'm telling you, it's going to shake all the way back. And we're like, oh, it's okay. So it did. It shook all the way there, but we got there. And then, of course, after we were in Chicago, this huge monster storm just came over. And it was amazing, just out of nowhere. And so they, do, they did what they call a ground stop. Nothing's going up, nothing's coming down to the ground. That's called a ground stop. I didn't know that. I never heard that term until yesterday. So uh, everybody prayed. <laughs> These, you guys were praying, whoever was praying here, they were praying, our team, and that storm was supposed to last till like 7 p.m. But it oh look there it passed all right we get to see the pretty pictures thank you so much for pushing through (laughs) thank you yes I'm gonna leave it here for just a minute because I kind of got on a bunny trail but anyhow so um the winds were crazy, and the lightning. See, the thing is, it's the law. If it's lightning and thundering, they have to put the planes down, which I was happy for that. We don't want to get struck in a plane. So we waited and waited, but the prayers, we had to contend yesterday until we came through. I had to contend to go to sleep last night, believe it or not. I had to, we had to, I had to contend to get over here this morning, but it's okay. It doesn't bother me. I'm not... Worn for the wear or anything like that. It's just that God, we're going to have to contend. Amen. We're going to have to contend, and that's okay to contend. Joseph had to contend. Everybody in the Bible had to contend. So, um, where was I? Back to Joseph. He's gone. Now they're in Egypt. They need to get out. And God speaks to Moses and said, I am come down. So we know we've been in this Passover decade. We know this is a season of crossing over. And I'm telling you, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me way back, probably in 2006, when we started doing prophetic warfare um, over what we call the power brokers, and the Lord said to me, "Um, you think you're praying to save your nation from going into captivity, but I'm here to tell you that you're praying to come out of captivity. Your nation's been in captivity and you haven't known it. Yes, right. yes, yes. Amen. Well, And that's what's happening. What's happening now is we're paying attention. It's actually been going on like this for quite some time in the nation and the governments and the state capitals and everything else. Oh, yeah, they've been doing this. We just haven't been paying attention. And now this is what awakening is. See excuse me, <clears throat> I am me some allergies, we are we're already in awakening. You see, just like Israel, they thought they had it made, even though they were slaves to the government of Egypt. They have a house, they have a job, they had a place to live, they were multiplying, except of course the Pharaoh began killing the babies there, And they thought that was what they were supposed to, even though they cried out to God. Now, it says in the word that they cried out to God. But when it was time to leave, they whined. Even though they were happy to get out, they whined at the same time. That's kind of what I hear even now about the church. You know, everybody's whining about we have warfare now. And I always say, I don't know who you are because I live in warfare. Uh, What do you mean we have warfare now? It's never not been warfare. Warfare. This is a world full of warfare. So, we're not coming into warfare now. We're just taking our place in the warfare of the now. We're taking our place in the coming out and crossing over now. And see that's what's happening. We're crossing over. The church is coming out. We're coming out of a of a lie. And I'm going to say something that's really interesting. Uh, it'll surprise you a little bit. But a lot of the teaching about the end times that we received was influenced by different groups years ago to infiltrate the church because of a lot of rich Amen. oligarchs, you whatever you want to call them, They didn't want the church to pray, and they didn't want the church to get in their way. Therefore, the church merged together with them, and we started merging together even what we thought we were doing with the government and different things in society, and that was the enemy's deceitful way, along with these people, to get us comfortable Being in Egypt. No, yeah. See, but we're coming out. And that's what this era is all about, is us waking up and coming out. Just like in the Reformation. Those people were with the Catholic Church back then. And most of them believed everything the Catholic Church told them back then. That was the religious system. But people started doing what? They started reading the word of God for themselves because back then they didn't read the word of God. You weren't allowed to really read the word of God because there wasn't any Bibles for you to read, first of all, and second of all, you had to go listen to somebody else read it in Latin and hope you understood Latin or a simple explanation from them if they felt like it and only they could read the word to you. But they were comfortable with that We have to get out of being comfortable with that. You need to come out and read the word yourself. You know, I always say that when I come, but I will always say that over and over and over. So that's part of this awakening is we're getting back to the word. You see, what happened was in Egypt's time, in Moses' time, they had to get back to God's word of the Lord for his plan at that time in the earth. You see, today we're getting back to the word of the Lord for his plan in this time for this nation and your cities and your state and the nations. That's what we're crossing over to. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual promise, and it's a promised land, but it's really the promise of God's plan, not your plan. It's the plan that God had for the nations, not our plan for the nations. It's what God's plan was the chur- for the church, not our plan for the church. Our idea of what God is doing in the earth. We can't have good ideas. I'll be honest, I can't stand going somewhere and hearing somebody talking and it's a good idea. I have to get up and leave. I can't take it. I'll just be honest, and that's bold and it's kind of, and I'm not being self-righteous. I'm telling you, I don't have time for your good ideas. Because your good ideas aren't going to do anything. And you're never going to really cross over if it's all about your good ideas. You see, Israel didn't understand. They had good ideas about how they were going to stay in Egypt. We have a good idea even how we're going to cross over right now. You don't have any idea how God's going to do this. Unless you ask. Unless you ask. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, we are crossing over. But it's not going to look like what you think. It didn't look like what Israel thought it was going to be. It never does. How many times does it look the way exactly what you thought? No, it never does. But it's always better. It's always more awesome. And it's always warfare. And it's shaking. And it's contending. Yes. That's exactly right. That's how we cross over. Now, back in... 2017, you all know about the eclipse. We had an eclipse over the United States. It passed over the United States at that time. And I'm telling you, I asked the Lord, what are you saying? And he said to me, and I think I've taught this here before. He get, Those are all the scriptures that talk about at the end times, signs and wonders in the heavens and all this. And the Lord said, forget that. I said, what? <laughs> he said, forget all that right now. Even though it is a sign in the heaven, he said, Don't do that because that's what we do. We run to these, and it's the end of the world, and the Antichrist is coming. We don't have the right perspective. And yes, things are going to shake. But I'm telling you what, we're not going to shake. Say, I'm not going to shake. I'm not going to shake. Say it again. I'm not going to shake. I'm going, with the Lord. I'm going with the Lord. So I'm not going to teach this part yet because we're going to get to this at another time. And I've taught it here before. I know I have, but it's, we're going to talk different about it. Exodus, everything that happened, God started judging principalities and powers. Do you think God is judging principalities and powers today? Even after Israel got spanked way later down the road and Daniel read Jeremiah's prophecy, they were to come out, God started shaking nations and principalities and powers again. God is always shaking principalities and powers. Okay? Always. But he has a time, and he has a set time, and he has a time for his people, and he has a time for things in the earth just like Egypt. It was their time to get out. God never wanted them to stay there. He doesn't want us to stay where we are in the Egypt that we've been in, in the church, where we have thought things are to go one way or to look like this. And this is how we're to do church. And this is how I'm going to do my business. And this is how I'm going to minister. And when you see people getting up, you know, on these pedestals and